0: Good evening. You're listening to Left Out on WRCT. Uh, left Out discusses news and perspectives, the uh, news uh, from the perspective left out of the mainstream media. It's co hosted by Bob Harper and Danny Slater, myself. Uh, Bob is not here today. Today's program is produced by Matt Horniak. Listeners are invited to call the program at 412 268 9728 and um, to give your opinion or or chime in on the issues we're going to discuss. Today we're going to discuss a number of issues re- involving of voting, as we've done in the past a couple of times before, and um, we have a a couple of guests. One um, one is uh, over the over the phone, and one will be here in the studio uh, later on. So we um, begin with uh, uh, Jan Koch, who is a um, an engineer and political scientist. Uh, who is uh, oh hi, Colin just came in the studio, so we'll. You'll hear a little bit of noise while he takes off his backpack. Um, so uh, Jan is an engineer, political activist, who's taken a keen interest in alternative voting systems. And um, by that, I mean different ways for voters to express their preferences about uh, what, the, what they want. Um, and we'll be talking about a number of different systems and uh, um, their pros and cons and a particular idea uh, called range voting that, that uh, seems to be the best of all the alternatives. So, uh, Jan, are you there? Great, so uh, Colin, are you there also? yes Colin is your mic turned on uh, yeah. yeah there no, you go okay. okay Colin is a uh, graduate student in computer science at the University of Pittsburgh and he's been uh, involved in local um, uh, the issues involving uh, voting here locally in, in Allegheny County we'll get uh, in, talk about that in more detail later in the program so um, yeah and maybe if you could just uh, give us a, a real basic summary for, for our listeners what 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 are the uh, what do you see the important issues about the, the voting systems uh, and the, the way that uh, the pe- voters express their preferences?
1: Well, the uh, the system that we have right now is called plurality. That's the method that's used uh, all across the United States and the one we're all familiar with. Um, it has two major problems. Uh, the first one is that it can um, it can select a wrong winner, um, and so if you look at, for example, the, uh, the Florida 2000 election with uh, Bush and Gore and Nader, um, I would say that uh, the the wrong winner was chosen by this election system. Uh, the reason I say that is that um, Bush and, and Gore were, of course, uh, neck and neck, but uh, there were about 2% of the votes that were cast for Nader, and we can presume that most of those Nader voters would have preferred Gore. So if you look at uh, if you look at the Gore and Nader voters together, uh, more than half of the voters would have preferred Gore. So that's what I mean by the, the wrong yeah. winner problem with okay. uh, plurality voting.
0: So it also creates a dilemma for for uh, for the voters themselves.
1: Uh, yeah, the, the the people that want to vote for Nader, uh, some of them anyway, will will be aware that if they vote for Nader, then they don't have a chance to. Uh, influence the the real election that's between gore and bush so um it, it, it's just a dilemma they 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 have to choose whether to show support for their true favorite candidate or to um, just you know vote for the lesser of two evils
0: so uh in other words the uh, so the turnout in t- typical elections uh, is pretty low for the third party candidates then uh
1: yes um
0: And that's not you. You don't think that's representative of the true feelings?
1: Oh, definitely not. Um, The Libertarian Party, for example, did a uh, conducted a a a poll, and they found that about I don't know, somewhere somewhere in the range of uh, ten to twenty percent of the population was actually uh, quite libertarian in their thinking. Uh, It's just that they didn't know that they were libertarians, for example. And I, I. I would assume that, uh, you know, some of the other parties, uh, some of the third parties are the same way. Um, but because of that uh, dilemma that the people face in, in these major elections where voting for their favorite candidate, if it's a third party or an independent candidate, um, they they don't uh, get to choose the, the real winner. Uh, because of that, everyone is, or most everyone is forced to vote for the uh, you know, one of the two major candidates. Okay, so what? So, a- for example, in in 2004, uh, there was less than one percent <laughs> of the popular vote that was cast for all of the third-party candidates combined.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh So, <clears throat> there are a number of solutions that have been proposed for for for, uh, for dealing with this this problem. Maybe we could just talk about. The most common ones. I mean, the website uh, rangevoting.org, which you've been involved uh, creating, discusses uh, probably a half dozen or more different uh, alternative voting systems. But uh, for for our program today, why don't we just start with the couple of the most uh, natural ones um, and the ones you think are the best?
1: Well, if, uh, if I'm asked to choose the best one, I would say range voting. Okay. I can I can go into some of the others, but uh, in range voting. Each voter is asked to give a score to each of the candidates, and that uh, the score would be in a range of, for example, zero to ten, or zero to 100, or zero to 99, uh, whatever the, elect, the election department uh, decides to, uh, to to request of the voters. Um, and that's, uh, or, or one other option is to vote an X if you uh, if you have no opinion about a particular candidate, then you can just mark an X and. Uh, that won't count in the average. So after everyone has voted, you add up all of the scores, uh, take the average, and whoever gets the highest average, uh, uh, whoever gets the best average vote wins. And it's very, very much like the uh, Olympic system, where the judges vote, uh, you know, 9.7, you know, 9.6, and uh, whoever gets the. And
0: then they effect. average together all the all those judge scores for each of the um, participants, and then the one with the highest average wins. Right. Okay. So it's that's, it's like except in this in this case the candidates are the vote the, the judges correspond to the voters. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um So uh I see. So okay, well that's pretty pretty clear then um what would happen if um in the case for Na- the example with uh, Bush, Nader and Gore uh the people who for example Favored Nader the most might give him a say a ten, and they maybe give a Gore a five and give Bush a zero, for example, and that or, or maybe Nader a ten, Gore a ten, and, and Bush a zero, um, something
1: that's like right. that. Uh, if it was me, I'd probably uh, and, and I preferred uh, Nader. I would probably vote Nader ten, Gore nine, and Bush zero. Uh, not necessarily that I like that I, like, but I really think that uh, you know gore deserves a nine but uh, I would want him to win more than I would want gore to
0: wish to win yeah so would you um w- what's the difference between this and 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 is this a lot better than just having a, a system where you just choose a one or zero for each candidate Or one uh, zero and X
1: yeah uh, for a couple of reasons uh, one is that it does let you distinguish more uh, well a finer gradation of uh, preferences. So you can say, I prefer this guy, I I give this guy a 10, I give this guy a 5 or or a 3, I give this guy a a 0. So there's a lot more choices than simply 0 and 1. And the uh, (laughs) what was was the
2: question.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, it seems like if you're gaming the system, uh, in other words, if if you want your influence to be maximized, you would tend to choose Close to the extremes, you know. That's right. Of yes. The range. So that that would then reduce to the zero one version. But um,
1: yes, um, but it turns out that uh, Warren Smith, uh, the the founder of uh, Center for Range Voting, uh, did a study of well, he did an exit poll of people in the two thousand four election, uh, asking them to vote with range and also vote with. Approval voting, which is the 0-1 uh, version of range voting, and what he found in range voting was that really a surprising number of those people that responded uh, voted sincerely. They they didn't just vote zero or one hundred. They voted. Uh, you know, some voted fifty, some voted seventy-five, some, some twenty-five. You know, it was all over, the, all over uh-huh. the scale. Okay, and I think it was I think it was on the order of about fifty percent of the people did that.
0: Okay. So uh, what, what do you think would be the consequence, just being uh, optimistic and saying that this was installed uh, for, say, the presidential election? I mean, well, what would well, be it, the consequence? I know I talked to Warren Smith about this, and he feels there'd be lots of consequences. Maybe I should ask him this question. Um,
1: well, the, the he- ones that I see are, for example, that people would no longer have a reason not to vote for their favorite candidate, and so that has a quite a ripple effect. Uh, first of all, we can expect that the alternative candidates get a much higher uh, number of votes, effectively than they do now. Um, so there's an, there's an example on the website uh, where he shows the results of his exit poll. Um, neither, for example, in the in the popular vote, got 0.38 percent of the popular vote, but under range voting, he got uh, the respondents gave Nader about 25 uh, percent. Um, in other words, if you take the if, if you normalize the votes to um, so what he, what he asked was give give people give, give give him a. A score from 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 zero to 100 for each candidate, and you average all of that stuff out, and uh, you get 25, uh, an average score of 25 for Nader. So that's really huge
2: mm-hmm. compared
1: to uh, Bush and Kerry. Kerry got 55 percent, Bush got 40 percent. Uh, I'm sorry, got an average score of 40. Kerry got an average score of 55. Nader got a, an average score of 25. So that that, <laughs> and it, it's hard to even compare. Uh, yeah you know, neither is in the same ballpark basically as Bush and Kerry
0: mm-hmm. right
1: and and similarly some of the other alternative candidates got much better scores as well. Um, the libertarian candidate baden Eric got a average score of nine uh, versus the uh, the popular vote uh a point three two percent Green candidate Cobb got a sco- average score of five compared to a a really tiny uh, popular vote of uh, 0.1% and uh, so on. So installing this system would allow people to express their their preferences for the alternative candidates rather than being forced to just vote for the lesser of two evils and not being able to give any support to these alternative candidates. And the result of that, of course, is that the... The viewpoints, well, first of all, the media would pay more attention to these alternative candidates. Right now, they, they get no respect, right? right.
0: They get, they get totally they to ignored. I was, just, I was just going to say that one of the factors that, that I've always we've talked about here, I left out a lot of the way the mainstream media treats everything, including the, the electoral candidates. Um, and, of course, the, the mainstream candidates are still going to get the majority of the coverage, the news coverage, and everything else. But it does make sense, does stand to reason that that if uh, if people are getting such high percentages that 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 would kind of give more weight to their opinions somehow, don't you think? I, I guess I guess it, I don't know. It's hard yeah, to say. I,
1: I think so. I think the the press and and everyone else looks at these the, the numbers that we actually get, where for example in two thousand four everyone all of the alternative candidates together get less than one percent of the popular vote, they look at that and they say, well you know these these guys are
0: they're totally irrelevant, yeah, they're not I mean, worthy that... of even listening to the even, no reason to listen to them they're just they're just uh totally out of the mainstream right it makes them seem out of the mainstream quote unquote You're, right, yeah, fringe yeah, uh Colin had a question yeah, uh, um,
3: so I wanted to know Jen um is what would be what changes in the law would be necessary to make range voting possible i e at the federal level would it require a constitutional amendment I don't believe so I'm just scanning the Constitution now but um, it you know what what changes in the law do you think it would take to make this actually be used and um, how do you see those occurring
1: I don't think it requires a federal a change to the federal laws um, possibly possibly in some details but the the states get this the states decide how they want to conduct elections, so it's really a state-by-state state kind of activity to get each state to uh, to, to use range voting or, or some other system.
0: Yeah, right, right now the states, for example, would are allowed to um, sort of bypass the electoral college by allocating electors in proportion to the the number of the, the vote the vote to each candidate, and that would essentially eliminate Almost, not quite, but almost eliminate the electoral college as a factor, mm-hmm. and eliminate the swing state phenomenon, yeah. where all all the effort is put into a handful of swing states. And that
1: that thats not the system right now, but, but a few states are signing on to this bill that you mentioned. And uh, when when there are enough of them, then yes, they'll they'll be able to do what you said.
3: In a sense, it just kind of it discretizes it in the sense that. You know the states apportion the electoral college voters um, in terms of they apportion them in terms of the vote, but it still reduces the numbers. So you've got a just a different level of granularity at that point.
0: Yeah, well, but I mean, it would change the the, the phenomenon that happens in the federal election. Of course, is there, there's a few swing states, yeah. and that. All of the uh, the effort by the candidates goes into those states because there's no reason to spend money on a state like California, which was going to go to Kerry or gore yeah. uh, and so the candidates don't spend any time there and and the um, or any money and so it's it's kind of it, it skews it in a weird way a lot too much yeah. effort being spent and too much consideration of issues that are local to certain areas well take, um, take
3: Alaska and Hawaii, for example, most of the time the winner has already accepted and the loser already declared defeat before they've even closed their polls because both sides just assume, I mean, there are two electoral votes each. They go to the majority and neither side considers it important because as you say, California, New York you know, they want to grab those and kind of call it good.
1: Hmm. Right. Yeah, the, the problem with the electoral college right now and what you're alluding to, I don't know if we said it explicitly, but the, the problem is that the state's it's, it's all or nothing it's it's all of the votes for most, almost all of the states it's all of the votes go all of the electoral votes go to one winner or all of them go to the other winner the other side it's not it's not allocated proportionally so for example Colorado where I'm at right now I think we have nine electoral votes um, all nine go to bush or all nine go to Kerry. if you if we enacted this uh, law that, you, that you've been mentioning then we might have five electoral votes going to Kerry and, and four going to Bush.
0: Yeah, right. Um
1: and well maybe the, one the, vote the,
0: going to someone else. Yeah, so that's a different a different issue than than the main one that you uh that you've been uh, promoting here on the range voting. It's it's it would be I think an improvement uh, in the whole campaign structure of course as well, but um another issue that's uh I noticed that you mentioned to me before is the issue of the voting machines themselves, which we're going to talk more about later on, um, but uh, this notion that some of the voting systems like instant runoff voting, which we haven't talked about today so far, um, just uh, just one second, um, the, that, that um, some of those systems are compatible with the uh, voting machines that we have.
1: Yes. Uh, range voting is, is actually compatible with any existing voting machine. Uh, The instant runoff voting does not work with certain voting machines, and it's alleged to work with certain voting machines. People have done some IRV elections with uh, certain voting machines, but uh, there are a number of different types of machines out there, and it's by no means obvious that uh, IRV will work on all of them. IRV is actually quite uh, difficult technically to... To
0: implement with, uh, okay. with voting machines and
1: take some some upgrades of software and
0: so on. Just to mention to our listeners, IRV means instant runoff voting. It's a system where you list the preferences of your you know in, in order. You make an ordered list of your preferences, and that's used to compute the winner. Um, we have on the line Warren Smith, I believe. Warren, are you there? Hello. <laughs> Hi, Hi, Warren. Hi. So Warren was one of the uh, uh, promoters in, uh, of of uh, the uh, range voting system. And uh, I guess you, have you been listening to the discussion so far? Nope. I just got back. Oh, okay. Uh, well, let's see. I mean, we've, so we've gone over some of the issues. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know which 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 part to start with here.
4: Well, I just um, heard a little about the electoral college. Perhaps I should say something which which you may not know. So go
1: you ahead.
0: know,
4: there are two states, uh, Maine and Nebraska, which which proportionally elect their electors, whereas place else it's all or nothing. Right. However, that's a bit of a myth. This is the part you may not know. If if the proportion is, say, 50% in Nebraska, that does not mean 50% of the electors are going to be on that side because it's done by district. So, for example, if Nebraska is gerrymandered, so that all the Democrats are packed in 100% Democrat districts and, and uh, the Republican districts are 51% Republican. That's the way that the gerrymanders try to do it. In that case, the electors from Nebraska will be highly skewed and non-proportional. So you see, actually, in some ways, it can even make it worse to have this pseudo-proportional system.
0: Ah, so in other words, what can happen is you get more electors for a side that had fewer votes. That could even happen.
4: Yeah. If if one party gets to gerrymander that state, (laughs) that side's going to win. Whereas, with with the all or nothing system, if 51% of the votes go one way, then 100% of the electors go that same way, but at least it's the right way. Yeah. So you see, in some ways, it can actually make it worse. So what we want is is proportional electors, but, but done without gerrymandering, done just as, as the portions of the popular vote in that state is what we want. But there's no state that
0: does that. So uh, a question that Colin asked earlier that was, was whether to, to, what, what legal issues have to be resolved to allow range voting to to be done. And Yan answered it by saying he thought it was just a state-by-state issue. Is that correct, as far as you know?
4: Um, I believe it could be done state-by-state state or city-by-city city or the whole country. As far as I can see, there's nothing in the Constitution that says you have to use one voting system or another. The Constitution does not specify which voting system we need to
3: use. Yeah, I, I was actually looking at a copy here. and uh, Section 4, 4, Clause 1 says, The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof.
4: Well, um, okay. But, so, but, I mean, the Constitution doesn't say it, it has to be plurality
2: voting.
3: Right. So it, it wouldn't. I mean, barring an, another amendment I haven't read, essentially it wouldn't require a constitutional amendment. In theory, each state could just decide to do that. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. And not only that, some states have decided to use different voting systems. Illinois used to use uh, something called cumulative uh, vote hmm. for something like 100 years they used it. And, and uh, some states used to use uh, the Buckland system to elect governors, which is another voting system although I don't think any use it anymore. And, um, and, and it's even easier with primaries, because in party primaries, in a lot of states, it's just the party. Like the Democratic Party can make its own rules without any laws needing to change at all.
0: So uh, one of the things you've been striving for is to try to get the um, range voting used for the Iowa caucuses, right, an alternative way of, of choosing the, the candidate in the primary.
4: Absolutely. So we believe that Iowa is an excellent place to try to improve the voting system because everybody wants it. In, in many places, say, some party or some politician does not want to change the voting system because they got elected with the plurality system, and they don't want to change what elected them.
0: They don't want to change anything about it, like the day of yeah, the election not, or any, any registration procedures, any aspect of it.
4: Yeah, but, but in the Iowa primary caucuses, that dynamic doesn't hold. I mean, there's nobody who was previously elected, you know. I, I mean, in the Iowa caucuses, there's going to be like 10 Democrats running and 10 Republicans running. And the rules are set just by the Democratic and Republican parties. It's not even a state law. So the Democratic and Republican parties say, hey, we're going to use range voting in Iowa. And they win if they do that because the Democrats... will will be better off by getting a better presidential candidate as their their presidential candidate. The country will be better off. The Iowans will be better off because they'll get more individual choice on their votes, get to express their opinions more, and so forth. The Iowan politicians will, will get a lot of free publicity out of it. I mean, nobody's ever heard of some politician in Iowa, and then some politician in Iowa says, well, I'm the one that brought us range voting, and he gets national attention for free. So it seems to me everybody, just about everybody, will want it, and and that by itself will have a huge effect because basically the Iowan primary is basically about fifty percent decide who's going to be our president. Without forget the rest of the country, just mm-hmm. that.
0: Okay. Well, uh, let's see. What other issues should we should we talk about with the, with with the uh, different voting systems and range voting? Mm-hmm. Do you have any other points you want to make? Uh, Warren, I mean, what what would be? I know you're you've been very active pushing this. You have a book actually that you're trying to get published about this, and we should remind our listeners again that, about the uh, the website rangevoting.org. Rangevoting.org website, which has uh, lots and lots of information about the system. Um, I mean, in addition to the fact that probably uh, Gore or would have won in 2000 and Kerry would have won in 2004, what other advantages uh, do you see? Uh, accruing from from this type of uh, uh, from you know the implementation of this.
4: Oh my God! There's, we're living in such an undemocratic country. There would be the changes would eventually be immense. Although immediately there might not be so much change. All right, for a start, have we discussed the fact that we're we're incredibly two-party dominated and and one-party dominated in this country? No. Oh well. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Did we? I guess we right. did. I don't know. <laughs> the, the third party advantage is what you're saying, then.
4: Well, right now, there's there's zero members of the House, Senate, or Executive who are members of a third party. Out of like 600 in all zero. All right, and, and that's typical. All right, so there's total there's total domination by the top two parties. Whereas lots of other countries,
2: there's there's more than two parties. So.
4: Yeah, Why but I said,
0: think that isn't that a different phenomenon? Is we talked about this before that uh, not on the phone I mean, personally about the fact that in Germany, for example, they have this this at large uh, uh, members of the the, the body which uh, are are selected based on the, the the total vote for the third parties. Yeah, and well, that would that a wouldn't of happen in other range other voting.
4: Have different voting systems, and right. as a result, they have more than two parties. Right, but our voting system leads by a phenomenon called Duverger's law to two-party domination. And that's bad because there's a lot of views that are just completely shut out of government and therefore shut out of the media, and they're on important issues, like the Green Party, uh, say, or the Libertarian Party or the Socialist Party. I, I think these people all have important things to say, important ideas that are just shut out. Right. Uh, let and, let, let and me jump in thing, here. We not only
1: have two-party domination; we have one-party domination. Yeah. Let, let me let me jump in here. Uh, the the two major parties in in two thousand four, both candidates were for continuing the Iraq War. Both candidates were for continuing the drug war, and both candidates were both major pa- candidates were in favor of uh, continuing the Patriot Act. All of the minor parties that I know of were against all of those three issues. So that's that's what we're missing out on.
4: Yeah, another About example was the- WTO and NAFTA. Both yeah. major party candidates were in favor and all the minor, minor party candidates were against. Yeah. So these views are shut out and and if you're a voter who, you know, is against WTO or something, you have nowhere to go. So that's undemocratic. Um and if you're an anti-war voter. And so uh, the Vietnam War, the same situation happened. I uh, guess it was Humphrey versus Nixon, and, and both were pro-war.
0: Well, there was McGovern afterwards. McGovern versus yeah. um, Nixon. Nixon, 72. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that
4: was the next election.
0: <laughs> yeah, hum- Humphrey was... Um
3: after they got uh, LBJ. The LBJ stepped in dropped. and decided see, to not run. But see, the irony there is Nixon got elected and promising to end the war and then reversed it as soon as he was in because he refused well, to look like he lost.
4: He said he had a secret plan to end the war.
3: Well, yeah, uh-huh. I mean, but he, he ran on a claim that he would end the war and then promptly, you know, invaded Cambodia.
0: Anyway, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, those are very persuasive arguments. Um, I think it's a, it's a great thing to, uh, to work on, a great, a great, a great issue. Let's see. I'm not sure whether we should. We had some other. We had. We did have some other stuff we wanted to talk about with Colin here about the local, local election issues. Uh, So uh, maybe uh, Warren or Yan, if you want to wrap it up, uh, so we can move on. I'm sorry we we don't have we don't have enough time to cover everything, but well, uh, let
1: me me, go go ahead. Just uh, say not only not only is it just the the minor parties that are. Pushing those things, it was because approximately 50% of the population was in favor of each of those issues that I, that I listed. So, uh, doesn't it seem just a little bit strange that those issues, no one was, no one was uh, uh, pushing for. None of the none of the candidates that that were realistic that anyone could really vote for uh, were advocating getting out of Iraq. No one was ending, advocating. Uh, getting out of the drug war. No one was a- advocating ending the Patriot Act. Uh, none of the major candidates were. Now, they, All of the minor candidates were, but, um, you know, they have no chance. Uh, yeah. And uh, the other thing I think is, is really, really brilliant. I think, you know, Warren came up with this, but the idea of getting the uh, the parties, including the major parties, to use range voting for their primaries submitted their, their candidate selection. Uh, Warren talks about Iowa, but I believe that that can be, that can be used anywhere. It can be advocated anywhere. Uh, I'm, I'm a libertarian. I've ad- asked the Colorado Libertarian Party to use range voting for their candidate selection. Uh, I've also got a proposal into the National Libertarian Party to use range voting in the National Convention. And I would urge anyone of any political stripe to uh, talk to their parties, the the parties that they're uh, involved with, and urge them to use uh, range voting in their own parties for candidate selection.
0: Okay. uh, Well, I guess uh, we'll we'll wrap up this section of the the program and uh, start talking about a different topic right now. But I would like um, at least one of you, to get off the line so we can take a maybe take a call because we only have two incoming lines. So I don't okay, I'll, I'll I don't want to I don't sorry I don't I don't want to be 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 a be a be a, um, a bully or anything. But uh, I, really, I,
1: I, I, oh, I can I, get I, off. I, I, I can respond I on the internet.
0: So. Oops, Warren already hung up. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> well, then you can stay <laughs> on. Uh, yeah, and it's fine. I I I feel like a, a bit of a bully there because I. I didn't I have no had no reason to want to get rid of the, uh either of you but um except that we would like to maybe take another call. We've been talking uh, to Yann Koch and Warren Smith uh about voting systems and range voting in particular if you want to give us a call you can call us at uh 621 9728 So uh why don't we switch to- uh, gears a little bit and start talking about the local issues in, in voting All right. there uh unfolding here in Allegheny County. This is an issue we've discussed before and left out, um, in particular the whole process by which Allegheny County managed to choose um, their, their new voting system.
3: It's probably more precise to say the way that the county executive chose our new voting system, since that's really how it, it played out. I mean, we, you know, I, I, should I sort of yeah, go summarize it? Okay, so, right, so yeah. this, this last election on May 16th, um, Allegheny County and, in fact, Pennsylvania, for the first time, uh, most counties used new voting systems, which were purchased using funds under HAVA, the Help America Vote Act, which was passed in 2002, uh, to replace. In many cases, it was typically the old lever machines that we had with new computerized systems. Allegheny County, like several other counties, went with the Ivotronic system, which is a touchscreen made by ES&S. Um,
0: now, well, actually, that didn't just happen. You're you're, some, you're skipping a lot. I'm of skipping. Tech. You're right. You're right. They, so. they, first, they had testimony from all <laughs> lots of people, including me and Colin yes, and others, yes. other computer science people, about why they needed to have a paper trailer or some sort of voter verifiable yeah. system, and they all said they wanted it. And then they they immediately chose. First, they chose. D bolt. So D-Bolt. so then they didn't. They changed. They decided not to do that. Then they chose a sequoia, a sequoia
3: Advantage. Yeah,
0: yeah. and then and then they, they they jettisoned that yeah. when it turned out to be hackable by by. A, grade school students. Well, uh, and, then, yeah. and then and then they switched to the final third uh, non yeah. uh, non paper trail machine. They were just determined. Well, it it was the weirdest
3: thing. It really was because so the county executive, the board of elections, the county council, all of them have gone on record saying we want a paper trail. We believe that, you know, the paper trail is the best security. A voter verified paper uh paper record is a, the best security. And then, yeah, as you said, The first thing, the county executive was pushing for Diebold, and that got jettisoned due to massive unpopularity. And then they pushed for Sequoia. That got jettisoned. And then they bought the Avatronic. Now, the one characteristic that all three machines share is that all three of them do not have a paper trail and cannot have one um, Uh in Pennsylvania. And so it's like even though they said that they wanted the paper trail then yeah 3 times in a row the yeah. county executive and now they're saying well they've budgeted the money for um they've budgeted the money for the purchase of printers when and if such printers become legal to use with the ivotronics but what's interesting is they didn't put that in the contract when they purchased the machines they put in an upgrade for accessibility but they don't mention the printers at all so it's like they sang, and they said it yesterday at the, the Board of Elections meeting. They swore up and down, and the county executive said, I want a paper trail, but proceeded to do nothing to they get it.
0: Have, they could have even demanded it from ESNS. They could have simply right. said, put a printer on this thing or this kind con- it, it, right. of clause. Or, the or at
3: least guarantee that by you know, 2007 or 8 we'll have it, and they didn't.
0: We have a caller on the line. Uh, caller, are you there? Yes. So, do uh, you have a question or comment?
2: Well, I, I don't, I'm interrupting you uh, with this by going backwards, and I hope you'll come back to why in the world is the county moving in the direction that it is, and what do we do next as county citizens to get the paper trail? That's the most important thing. But if you have time, uh, going back to, say, taking Pennsylvania as an example, the Republican voters here uh, are disenfranchised in a sense because our state legislature awards the entire state to the winner in the presidential election, right? And why not go to the proportional where, by say, by congressional district, we have, uh, we have equal number of votes. We have a number of votes uh, in the Electoral College for the two senators plus each congressional electoral district. Why not say, well, yeah. whoever wins 51% of the vote gets the two senatorial votes? And uh, then we'll go by congressional district itself in terms of saying, okay. and that means then uh, a states like California don't get written off by the Republicans, and, and, and nor does uh, New York and, and vice versa. And then you don't have just all this fighting in Ohio and Pennsylvania and other battleground states.
0: Yeah, okay. They can't
2: ignore, uh, ignore states. Uh, thank you.
0: Okay. I can comment a little, maybe Ian can comment whatever. But we already talked about a little bit about this. Uh that I what I think is that one reason why I say Pennsylvania doesn't do it is because by by having all it's an all or none system, Pennsylvania gets more interest. Yeah. Because it's a battleground state and because of the all or nothing way they've set it up, it gets more there's a lot of interest here. But on the other hand, if we reverse that, a state like California, if they did Go to the proportional system, then they would get more, mm-hmm. potentially more, or would they? I don't know. Because no. they would be only be battling for one or two electoral votes, so why would you bother? It's it's Pennsylvania's thirty-five or something. It's so. kind of a
3: you know it's kind of a game theory thing. It's like if everybody moves there, then it's better to move there. But on the other hand, look what's happening in Pennsylvania now. It's an all-or-nothing state, and in the last election, it went to carry, and now under the current president, Pennsylvania is not getting a lot of federal money. You know, and so it's it's kind of a like, one of the disadvantages of being all or nothing is if you're all or nothing on the wrong side, yeah. there there can be punishment coming your way in a sense, and so it 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 can be problematic,
0: you know. Yeah, and the other issue is what um, what Warren mentioned about the, the the fact that gerrymandering can actually make it worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's go back to talking about the oh, yeah. uh, voting uh, in Allegheny County.
3: Yeah. So it's so yesterday, of course, um, the county met uh... the board of elections met to certify the election results and it was an interesting process because they certified election results that hadn't even been computed yet um, they actually found some votes they said seventeen missing votes they found uh... yesterday morning in some some boxes that they said they'd already searched but. The problem is, is this whole process was just needlessly isolationist. I mean, as you said, you come went there in common, I went there. We were both at these meetings and uh, there were a large proportion of people at these meetings saying we need, you know, a voter verified paper ballot. that is the first and foremost thing we need for security. It's the only real basis. And the county executive, they, you know, the, everybody gets three minutes. It's I mean, it's a whole structural problem. Everybody from every, you know, basic citizen gets three minutes at these meetings but then they go into a back room and they talk to the companies for hours on end and the companies push for this kind of technology I mean one of the big problems with the iVotronics is they're actually hideously expensive far more expensive than alternate solutions and that I mean the fact that the county chose it without by their own admission without even asking how much we're going to pay to maintain these things per year you can only chalk that up to the vendors telling them what they wanted here I mean there's it's just not even fiscal sense. It's like the machine we got, the IvoTronic, like the Sequoia, and like the d It's insecure. It doesn't meet the federal standards for accessibility, and it costs a lot more than the alternatives.
0: Yeah. And like, like for example, optical scan. Like optical you have scanner, a precinct-based optical scan, where you mark a ballot with a yeah. with, your, with a marker, right. stick it into a scanner, and if it's if it's yeah. messed up, it'll just tell you right there that yeah. you, you overvoted or something. I can't read your blah blah blah. It speeds right. it back out. You throw it away and do it again. So you get, right. And plus, you have that paper. Record yeah, you of have the vote. paper record. Yeah. Or
3: even if you really don't want optical scan, there are things like the acupul system, which is also cheaper yeah. and provides a paper record now. It's okay. legal now. It's accessible now. You know.
0: It's so there was a, a some email exchanged about uh, an event that took place about a week or two ago, where the the um, s people were going. Th- the poll worker was going through the machines, printing yeah. out the zero counts and extracting yeah. the vote from every single machine. Yeah. And there was some – oh, oh, there's another issue, too, yeah. which was the fact that there were at least two different types of voting machines yeah. in use with at least two different versions of, of the software installed on those machines. Right. So no, only, no, Not both of which were certified.
3: Right. So the certification process for these machines, which – it misses a lot. I mean, huge problems have gotten through, but basic process is every machine that's used in Pennsylvania has to be viewed by the ITAs, which are these private companies that test the machines, and then it has to be viewed by um, Michael Shamos, who tests machines for the Secretary of the Commonwealth. And what they do is they turn it on, they run through a couple of steps, and they say, okay, it, you know, they check for the Pennsylvania method. Can you hit one button and vote for all one party, which they really love? And then they call it good, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and so what happened is they certified a specific system for use in Pennsylvania, a specific type of IvoTronic, specific software, manuals, everything, you know, all at once. But then in the last election, we ran two different types of IvoTronics. Plus, at least in a cup. in fact, the county even confirmed this, that in several cases they found we we're running the wrong software. But they still doggedly insist that nothing went wrong. I mean, they, they've said, you know, I sat in the meeting yesterday and, and, and Tim Johnson and the others said, you know, yes, we ran the wrong stuff, but we know nothing went wrong. And then the obvious question is, well, how can you prove it? And they can't because we have no paper. We have no permanent record. They can't prove that nothing went wrong. They're just insisting nothing
0: went yeah, wrong. Well, and, that was an odd, co- odd quote from Michael Seamus in the yeah. article in the Pittsburgh City paper that yeah. came out a few days ago in which he stated Unequivocally, that there's absolutely no, you know, no problem with this election.
3: Even though he'd never even viewed the stuff that we used, I mean, he hadn't viewed the software that he used that we used. But he said, yeah. "Don't worry, I know how it works." Well, you didn't look at it. How do you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a really, you know, and the problem is that that the people act. I mean, the county says they're certified by the feds, they're certified by the state. We know they're safe. They're not, and you cannot, by a simple inspections process, find all the holes. I mean, it just can't happen, and so there's really no robust security. I mean, because all we're doing is we're relying on this idea that when the Fed certified and or when the when the the independent testing authority examined it and when Michael Seamus looked at it, he found all the bugs. And what we're using is exactly what he f- used, and neither of those can ever be truly the case. Yeah. So. We have no real security. I mean, should probably mention the website at this point, too. Um, so, the group I'm working with is Vote PA, the website www.votepa.us, and the caller asked about what we can do. Well, obviously, I mean, so there are bills pending in Pennsylvania legislature to require paper, um, require a voter verified paper ballot be used in the state. And those are currently in the House. Um, the governor has not yet endorsed them um but if pressure on you know our our elected state house members and state senators can can convince them to move those forward and there's information about that on the website www.votepa.us um there's also local pressure i mean those people who are you know in allegheny county Contact Dan Onorato, the county executive. I mean, effectively, he is the one who made this decision. He is the one who chose these machines. He is the one who approved the contract. The Board of Elections consists well, of three member board. It's a three member board. It's Dave Fawcett, who's the at large an at large member for county council. He's a Republican. And he is doggedly insisting on paper. He has always pushed for that. In fact, he was doggedly in favor of optical scan for the for the longest time um John DeFazio who's also an at-large member is a democrat and Dan Honorado the county executive is a democrat and Dan Honorado has always been the one he put putting forth the plan and saying this is what we will do and John DeFazio has always voted with him
2: mm-hmm.
3: and John has essentially just always backed whatever Dan did and this latest thing in fact Dan held a press conference and announced his plan um to to the county in fact before he did inform the board of elections as I understand it and which plan the, 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 the Ivotronics okay. he he held a press conference and said this is what we're going to do and then as i understand it subsequently told you know held a board of elections meeting even though the board approves it so it's he's the one that needs to be pressured and you know phone calls plain old letters emails i mean those convincing him that voters do care about security and that you know that we can we can get paper now we can get real secure machines now we can buy them now we can you know amend our current contract the fact of the matter is the company sent us the wrong stuff they sent us things that are illegal to use
0: They and probably didn't have enough at the time to they probably
3: did but but you know it's it's like that should be grounds for getting out of this contract in my yeah. opinion yeah. i mean that's you don't do that as a
0: vendor you don't sell somebody stuff that puts them in potential violation of the law um we're talking about the local elections here on left out you can give us a call at 412 six two one nine seven two eight. I just want to mention well we only have a few minutes left. Um there's a lot more to talk about, I guess a lot more details to yeah. discuss in all of these yeah. all of these matters. Uh and uh, the group that um that Colin has been involved in vote PA it's a really great group, a lot of really knowledgeable people worked really hard um on this I, issue.
3: I should actually emphasize too it's that as vote PA, um of which I'm a member we're working in coalition with a lot of other groups as well. Uh, People for the American Way has been heavy on this issue. The uh, Disabilities Law Project. Um, these well, one of the other problems with these machines is they're required to be accessible to voters with disabilities, and that requirement has always been in place. But Dan O'Roarke went and chose machines that were not accessible. Now he there's there's some debate. He um, but. These machines do not have the accessibility features they're supposed to have, and it doesn't look like they're going to have them by
0: November. When they're supposed to, by law, by the By law, it, they're, they they're a...
3: supposed to have them. And so, you know, that is a huge problem, and the Disabilities Law Project's been involved in that, uh, the Young Voters Coalition, uh, Black Political Empowerment Project. So it's, we at Vote PA is actually a statewide organization, and the Allegheny chapter, Center County, several other chapters have been very active in this and we've been working with many other groups as well as also the League of Women Voters who you know believe fundamentally it's it's not that hard it really is very simple i mean it's do you want a safe secure accessible voting system mm-hmm. or not do you want to spend the money effectively or not i mean it's it's not that hard yeah. but for some odd reason the county executive has been doggedly pushing for Costly,
0: insecure, inaccessible Mm -hmm. systems. So, uh, well, switching gears a little bit, one more topic I just wanted to mention. Mm -hmm. We only have a few minutes left. You can still give us a call at uh, 412-621-9728. There's a, a recent article in Rolling Stone magazine by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and the title is, Was the 2004 Election Stolen?, and uh, the caption of the article is, Republicans presented, prevented more than 350,000 voters in Ohio from casting ballots or having their votes counted, enough to have put John Kerry in the White House. And uh, the article is, is really a it's very long, very detailed, very scholarly article with you know, hundreds of footnotes um, and um, references. And uh, it's summarizing information that's been accumulated by others m- for the most part. Um, but it really does sort of nail this whole thing down really compellingly. And uh, I put a link on the leftout.info website to the article, and I recommend that, that you read it. And, and it really strangely hasn't gotten much, not strangely, but it hasn't gotten much mainstream media yeah. publicity at all, even though it's really an outrageous thing. Because what they did was they put together a whole uh plethora of, of different techniques that used throughout the state of ohio um that they used to uh, manipulate the vote uh and uh, there's even i mean so there's some things as 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 ridiculous as well not putting enough voting machines in in the um, yeah. campuses that were going to be uh, uh, primarily democratic where the people had to wait you know many hours to vote as a consequence of not having enough voting machines to um uh, trying to block uh, uh, voters from registering because they they when they fill out the registration form they didn't use a thick enough piece of paper. Yeah, it had to be um, eighty-pound paper only. And they they took a they, they would there was a published uh, in a newspaper a little form to, to register so people mm. would cut out the form and mail it in. Yeah. Well, that that's no good. Yeah, it was they would they were using that to exclude pe- exclude people. Um, and that was that was Blackwell who's the secretary of the state for right. Ohio. Right, the whole idea that you have the uh, 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 a. Um, Political operative, yeah. He in fact was the chairman of, of Bush's um, campaign committee. Yeah, at in the, the state same of Ohio, time, Ohio. At the same time, he's a secretary of state who monitors and 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 for, it, he, he directs the, ele- the elections. Yeah, yeah, it's a completely insane situation. Yeah, another whole issue that discussed in great detail in this article is the the issue of the um, the exit polls. The exit polls um, were. Uh, really came out in a huge startling contrast to yeah. to the results, and nobody really knows why definitively, but what seems to be what they 're concluding is that it really is um, incredibly unlikely i mean one in a million one in a billion yeah. kind of chances that these results could have been legitimate uh, yeah. results given those those exit polls. Um, and so, for, for, there's, there's a whole a bunch of examples of cases where, in the Republican-dominated rural areas, where they had, you know, the, the, the exit polls showed 70, you know, 85 percent Bush voters, yeah, but Bush got 90 percent of the vote, right? I and mean, things like that, which, if you add them up over the whole state, that's where you get the, the huge number of votes, which would e- it was easily enough yeah. to to. To have reversed the result of the election.
3: Well, and it's important to note that, that Ohio at the time was a heavily – they were heavily using Diebold machines. And in the 2000 election, um, it was actually those machines in one county that was responsible for that point where Gore um, declared defeat and then subsequently reversed himself because the uh, Volusia County in Florida on election night – Their Diebold system allowed someone to upload negative 16,000 votes for Al Gore and 10,000 votes for a socialist candidate from a precinct with 600 voters. And that at the time, Gore had been was leading Bush. And then the Diebold system allowed that negative vote total to be uploaded. And all of a sudden, Bush surged ahead And that was, and then Gore declared defeat. And then the county went in and, quote, corrected it. They, you know, they claimed to have corrected it, the totals. And then Gore surged ahead. But then the bush camp was saying that, well, you have already declared defeat, so you can't, you know, continue. And that then
0: became meat for the whole Supreme Court case. But one of the things that there was a Diebold, um, there was a a recent, a recent uh, scandal involving a, a hacked Diebold machine. Uh, where yeah. where it was, a, they were able to basically just un- unload any uh, unsecured way of loading any software you wanted into the machine. Yeah, there's an outrageous a, hole, it, security, immense security hole. And that was certified, that and passed federal and state certification. And, but I just want to get yeah, in yeah. this one point that Diebold responded, one of their spokesmen responded by saying, well, look, this is not a problem because you're assuming you're going to have election officials who are going to be, you know, nefariously manipulating the machines. Uh, that would yeah, never that would never happen. Just read this article that, that Robert F. Kennedy wrote and you will hmm. stop. You know, I mean, this this is just the amount of, of apparent, you know, fraud that went hmm. on was tremendous.
3: And you and the thing is, the interesting thing is he even says, you know, it assumes election officials that the Diebold flaw, anyone with access to the machine, even like a voter on Election Day, could do it.
0: So you go into the booth and you—it's you, you,
3: it's all you need to do is carry in, you know, a standard flashcard and plug it in and it'll run. And so the—it doesn't matter who you are. You're—you have to assume that everybody is going to be perfectly honest.
0: So uh, I want to thank all of our guests for um, thank being you. Left Out: um, Colin Lynch and um, Warren Smith and Ian Koch, and um, we'll see you again in two weeks for another edition of Left Out.